0: Well, I should be the one to collect the proof with this state-of-the-art device. All done. As newly inculcated members of the undead, you will experience periods of bloodlust which you will have to satisfy. These cravings can only be quenched by the consumption of living human brains. Just keep it going. Any questions? Gordon Good. Hey, panelists, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve.
1: And I'm Lara.
0: Hey, Lara's back. <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we didn't get Witcher out to you guys with Lara and Steve, but eventually we'll go back to it. Yeah, there's a lot of time because there's not a lot of content out there eventually. <laughs> so, we will get to it at some point uh, to finish up the last of what it was the Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, the Henry, uh, witcher. Henry Cavill witcher. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, for now, we are continuing our coverage with uh, Good Omens Season 2. So keep in mind, this is a spoilerful podcast, which I don't really think this is spoilerful since a lot of the listeners and viewers out there have been able to watch the show from the time it's been on. It's been out for a while, and we just haven't gone back to it. There have been times like I took a week off. Steve took a week off. We just didn't. And then yeah. Rob has been out. So we haven't gone back to it. But eventually we will finish this up. We're going to we plan to finish this up this week with three and four. And it's spoiler for spoiler blah, <laughs> just like I stated. And uh, obviously with five and six, we'll finish up uh, the season. And then after that, obviously, we'll get to Loki. But like I said, this episode episodes three and four of good omens so episode three is i know where i'm going and also featuring the minisode the resurrectionists or resurrectionist mm-hmm. is it just one <laughs> and uh, you figured out
2: not-
1: the deal with the minisodes steve yes
2: yeah I, I think i think tv podcast industries clued me in on it that the that's the title of the b basically the b story the the episodic part of this yeah of this series is these mini. They're calling him the Minnesota flashbacks. That, yeah, the
0: flashbacks that are within I don't the episode. Think of them as minisodes. I think they're just incorporated within the episode. Yeah, it's a weird.
2: <laughs> it's a weird way of wording it for for the titles to to put. It. And it, it does come up on the screen when you pause it in Amazon Prime. It comes up and says featuring the minisode. You know the Resurrectionist. So it, that's the actual title. But still, it's a little. It's a little strange. It's like why would they just like put it in parentheses or something? Maybe I don't know. I.
1: That confused okay. me too <laughs> I was yeah. for a little while clicking through prime and X-ray and everything. Like, where's this mini. So yeah, I'm, like,
2: I'm like going to YouTube going, what's the mini, where's this mini. at? you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's not showing up. <laughs> and, I'm just... and then, like I said, I think it was TV podcast industries. I think it was their podcast that mentioned that that's the title of the, you know, you've got the serialized main storyline story. with, yeah. with Gabriel and, and heaven and hell. And then you've got each episode has its own episodic. Mini sewed. <laughs> mini so yeah let's just we'll use their word for it I but don't, the, well
0: it, it's it's <laughs> actually something that somebody had online that's why i have that in there actually i think that was in the title because was... that's what i'm
2: saying like when you pause amazon when you pause it on amazon prime yeah it's at the top of the screen it says that whole all those words come up as the title of the episode
0: so okay so yeah but my feeling is it's just the episode <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. or flashback or whatever. So, yeah, I see it as a flashback and a continuing episodic uh, tale of Fell and Crowley or Crowley. Crowley. I think it's Crowley. Crowley. Yeah. Yeah. They call him Crowley, but uh, I like saying Crowley. I've heard it both ways. Like so. Aleister Crowley. <laughs> but because he's kind of, you yeah. know. He's a demon. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> the synopsis for this, uh, Steve? Heaven sends the angel Muriel in disguise
2: to spy on Aziraphale and Crowley. Uh, Aziraphale drives to Edinburgh to pursuit, in pursuit of his clue and learns a little about a lot. It's a weird sentence. <laughs> the, couple's, the couple's visit to Edinburgh in 1827 involves grave robbery, a statue, and an unfortunate encounter with a vial of laudanum. In the present, Crowley is in charge of the bookshop and is disappointed by human beings and the weather. So,
0: there we yeah, go. The, the weather and how it interrupts uh, <laughs> a coupling, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's funny, too, thinking back because we we covered the first two episodes and, you know, I really like the second one, but I'm really catering more towards two and four now. But I still like three and one was a great setup. So that's my overall thought. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I just like the uh, the different views within it uh, of like uh, Aziraphale and Crowley's relationship and how it progresses and then even in the minisodes you you get mm-hmm. to see how their relationship over the eons have prospered and how and you can see their dynamic and that's what i enjoy about this yeah uh, it, it, we get to see it, it's there's a kinship there that that you can't break and i don't think heaven or hell could actually break it so mm-hmm. I, I think that's what is so amusing to this cuz they're complete opposites but they still great friends together i don't know
2: (laughs) yeah i mean i for my part i think i'm enjoying the the flashback the minisodes even more than the kind of main storyline the a the the main plot because it's just so right now i mean we can see from watching three and four together we can i can kind of see where it's going with that main Mm -hmm. plot you know but it just it doesn't that story just to me is not i don't know it's it's not as compelling as I'm enjoying the the flashback uh, parts of the episode more than the, like I said, the the A plot line or whatever you want to call
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I I think this season is overall just not as plot heavy as season one, yeah. but I think there's a lot of focus on character building, especially with Fell and Crowley here. We're do- getting a lot more of their backstory and more of their character building Mm-hmm. Um, so this episode is, was my favorite so far in the series. I love it, mostly because of, it's kind of a vehicle for that very quirky British humor. And I grew up watching Monty Python from a young age. My uncle worked for the P- for PBS. And so oh, wow. he got me into watching Monty Python when I was like six, seven years old. So I love that mm-hmm. quirky British humor. And I love that the mini took place in Edinburgh, which was a place mm-hmm. that I visited like three, three or four years ago. And nice. it was so amazing. I just loved it. So it just gave me those nice feels of uh, Edinburgh, which is a bit of a, uh, I describe it as a, a total Tim Burton town. If you ever right. go there, yeah. it's, it's got all these dark spires and castles, like right in the middle of the city. So it, it worked perfect for a uh, grave robber storyline.
0: Mm. Nice. Well Especially when Elspeth actually, when they, when she, when, when, asair fell because i'm mr mcfell uh and then she kind of was like oh english <laughs> like because edinburgh is literally part of scotland uh, right am i correct laura in stating yes. that okay yeah. yeah because
2: is it I- is it is it a different island than great britain or is it the same I, no. I'm, I'm so not a geography person like it was just like 3 4 years ago that i realized that great britain is technically an island and i'm like it's a pretty big island, but uh, <laughs> yeah. like I feel like an idiot. Like I was in my late, like I said, I was in my late forties before I figured out that oh, it was from a, an episode of Lost where yeah. uh, Desmond is talking about it. And he's like, "Oh, Great Britain is an island." Okay, so Scotland, where is Scotland in relation to Great Britain?
1: Or is it it north? is north of yeah, it is north okay. of England and Wales. Yeah. It is up north, and um, it it does have some smaller islands as part of it, but it is the main northern part of uh, the U.K. Okay. Yeah,
0: and there's always some sort of, like, hostility between, you know, Scots and English and Welsh. Yeah, because I've been to Wales. They don't have a great history. No, they
1: don't. I've been to North and South of America,
0: so, yeah. (laughs) You're a yank. (laughs) Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the one thing with me, or the only way I know about it is through Iron Maiden, because <laughs> their uh, their manager is Scottish, and he comes from Edinburgh. <laughs> okay. So uh, Rod Smallwood is uh, is uh, a Scot, nonetheless. And, uh, and I think their uh, lead guitar player, Yannick, is uh, as well. But, you know, doesn't really diverse them. Yeah, it, it's a bit diverse, but it's the same country, honestly. <laughs> nonetheless don't say that
1: to scott watch no, out oh don't tell that. that
0: to lucy oh trust me yeah that's like calling an aussie uh a, a kiwi a, a kiwi, yeah, a kiwi yeah. and aussie and vice or, yeah, or vice versa vice yeah. versa yeah. yeah you get smacked in the face <laughs> or, or a soccer ball football to the face actually <laughs> um but all right yeah i, I think overall i think we like this episode and from what i could tell Th- there's parts about it that I do truly enjoy, but th- there's certain key parts of the, the, the show or the episodes, I should say episodes and, you know, the episode or slash mini sode. And I think we have uh, a basis of like what we're going to talk about. So, uh, Lara, since you're back, why don't you tell us your, uh, first, uh, favorite scene within it.
1: Okay. Uh, I think, um, start off with the Minnesota Minnesota Mm minisode of the resurrectionists. Um, It's the name of a bar in Edinburgh, but it actually is also um, the story of these grave robbers that Azaraphale and Crowley encounter in 18th century Edinburgh. Um, And it it teaches Azaraphale a little bit of a a lesson in not everything being black and white because he's, he meets mm-hmm. this young lady, Elizabeth, 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 Elzabeth. Elzabeth? and and Wee Morag.
0: <laughs> Wee
1: Morag, I love that name. <laughs> if I ever get another cat, that's going to be her name, <laughs> Wee Morag. <laughs> but uh, you know, he they they she's robbing graves so that she can feed them, and the instantly thinks that she's doing evil, and um, comes to realize that not everything is so black and white.
0: Yeah, they, you see that diversity between them. Curly is more less to the idea of how it's like, oh, she's evil. And then, of course, right away, Aziraphale goes, she's evil. That, that's like plain and simple because she's stealing a body and she's taking it for whatever. But as soon as he sees uh, that she's there for we and it's to get them food, take care of themselves, set themselves up. Uh, you can tell We Morag is not feeling well, and they care for each other. Just you know, two friends that are that are caring for each other, and that it's meant for money and to take care of each other. And it, it really is a—it's uh, an eye opening. And I think Crowley actually uh, sees it too on the human perspective because usually he's like, "Ooh, I love the evil," but mm-hmm. then he starts to see and he starts siding with Esbeth, uh, Elspeth during it uh, and what her reasoning for it, and it, it's it's a bad to do good, and whereas Crow uh, as Irvel thinks it's just bad, and then he they meet up with the the doctor that is Surgeon. the reason why well- they.
2: This is one of my points. Okay. Because uh, I, I was kind of confused by this, but I, I, I gotta think back to the 1800s, right? Because mm-hmm. they call him a doctor, but he goes, No, I'm not a doctor, I'm a surgeon. Or a chemist. Like, <laughs> now he says surgeon, because I, I just okay. rewatched it today because he says I'm a surgeon, and then uh Aziraphale calls himself a doctor. So he's calling them doctors and he's a mister because he's a surgeon, mm-hmm. which I just didn't I didn't get because we don't have that separation here no. in nowadays, right? We we don't really I mean, you have you have doctors
0: who specialize Regular a practitioner and then you have right. a, an actual surgeon, an actual who surgeon, actually right. specializes into something. Right. But we yeah.
2: don't we don't distinguish them title wise. We call them all doctors. Correct. Uh, but I guess back then, if you were a surgeon, you you were addressed as a surgeon, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. And, you know, he he convinces erafail that what they're doing is good because he's like, well, I have to teach my students how to cut into a body and how to identify places in the fresher cadaver I have to, you know, teach them on the the better they're going to learn. You know, he shows them those jars of that, of that stuff that he has. He's got a tumor that he took out of a child, you know, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it was an interesting conversation between Aziraphale and, and the surgeon when he's convincing Aziraphale that this whole grave robbing thing is actually good.
0: And we do learn about laudanum. Mm-hmm. So, and uh what it what it does
1: uh, does nick that from the doctor or the surgeon actually yes <laughs> and i did <laughs> like that discussion of uh you know what is good and what is bad and that surgeon sets himself up to seem like he's doing the virtuous thing by taking these uh desecrated bodies and um doing research on them which is a good thing but he also sits there and he's like you know we just don't have enough murderers because uh <laughs> if we had more murderers around here you i'd have, have more, more availability to bodies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds they get like hanged. something out
0: of frankenstein <laughs> mary <Yes>. shelley <laughs> there speaking of now that you know october's <laughs> not too far away and halloween's not too far either <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that actually comes from that as well. That that also gave me a, a little bit of hint of that. That's, you know, as morbid as it is, I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, Steve, did you have one that was favorite, but you already went into um, searching. Yeah, one, but, I already kind yeah. of
2: thought the surgeon, the surgeon doctor thing and, and all that was, was uh, was a really good discussion. Again, that's the, um, I did, I did notice, you know, the running gag, I think it goes from episode three to episode four is Crowley consistently in the bookshop carrying a stack of books and then just throwing them off to the side. Like <laughs> that's a runner that they've been doing for for the, both these episodes because his has been gone. And it's just, I am just like, where is he, what is he doing? Why is he carrying those books? And then he will just throw them to the side. And I'm just like, what do you see? So, yeah, that for me was one of those moments every time that happened. I know that was in kind of the A plot story, but, uh, um, but yeah, his, his, manipulation of the weather trying to get it to rain and he gets the he gets the two women under the awning but of course before they can kiss the awning ah. breaks and, and they just get yeah just operation get,
0: lovebirds doesn't go well that mm-hmm. uh, without a hitch uh, with a hitch that he wants but yeah uh it, it, they tried <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they're still trying They they both want that to happen it's their infatuation with uh, the human condition i think mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how they relate to each other it's as if they're examining humans to in their relationships so uh, they could have better relationships uh, well, it's I, like
1: they don't have a, a hands-on knowledge of what love is at least for humans <laughs> they they have a textbook knowledge of what love is and correct azaraphale uh, gets his uh textbook knowledge from Jane Austen and uh, (laughs) Crowley gets it obviously from rom-coms, which I just Mm. imagine he sits around watching every evening. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, With me, I, that whole beginning of human talk with uh, Muriel stopping into the shop dressed as a, a constable, but it looks like an older constable's uniform. It's all white. And, so they'll, and somebody sees that from a distance goes, okay, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, so not subtle. She's like, it's so not subtle. That, uh, <laughs> the, the the constant uh, talk between her and Crowley and Aziraphale the and then referencing human because she's referencing human. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a human police officer. <laughs> I'm a human police officer. Right away, <laughs> they Inspector know you're constable. An yeah, yeah. Inspector Constable <laughs> Crowley corrects her. He goes, "But well, you're that's an actually an inspector's uniform right there." Well, I'm an
1: inspector. It was a constable. constable's uniform, but she said she was an inspector, and she's like, "Yes, right. I'm Inspector Constable."
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so this the, the heaven has no clue as to what happens on Earth and how things are. So they well, and uh, I love that.
2: I love that quote from from Crowley when they when he and uh, Aziraphale go off to talk, and uh, he's like, "I don't know how you I don't know how you guys remained in charge." And Aziraphale says, "Are we actually in charge? Are we really? Do you really, <laughs> you so know?" Cool. Oh
1: man! And I love that she sits there and, and she she catches on really quickly that she might have. Um, Revealed herself as not being human. So yeah. she, sits there, she says, I've been here the whole time. I've been here 200 years. Yeah. Like, yep. like, it's not a big deal for any human to be around for 200, 200 years. years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they yeah. have no That's concept That's obviously of mid, midlife right there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I transferred from somewhere,
1: <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> she doesn't say. And then uh, the the whole thing about drinking tea. And mm-hmm. after Zero Fall gives it to her, she goes, well, I'll just hold it. And look at it, yeah. <laughs> so you can't
1: be tempted the way Azrael was,
0: yeah. Which is so funny too, because as soon as they get tempted and they get into it, yeah, you know, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Everybody loves her. I type. love
1: her character. She is absolutely adorable.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's funny too because this is like a foreshadowing only to what we see later on in the next episode with Shaxx. Mm -hmm. too because uh they they wind up trying to do the same thing from hell as well but of course you know the the wool is thrown over uh face at that point which brings me to the car with Mm. uh (laughs) and how he takes the car but the car literally drives him he does not drive the car to (laughs) edmer and i just love that aspect and then the the fact that during his travels he changes he goes he, he he's on the phone or he's talking to Crowley and he's like well are you eating sweets in my car because there's what no eating sweets it? in my car oh, did you change it yellow yeah, that's not what my car sounds like change it back <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he kind of magicked it <laughs> to mm-hmm. be what he wants. And he's like, oh, all right, then <laughs> it Puts it back. <laughs> but uh, I just like that, the, especially with the car, that the car had its own personality, which was, mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And we see that more take in the on next the episode.
1: personality of whoever is driving it at the time, whether it's yeah. Crowley or Aziraphale.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. It's like the changing colored horse and the wizard of Oz. <laughs> if you think about it it taps it to somebody's mood maybe a mm-hmm. uh,
1: lot well, that was one of my points is uh is and crowley's manipulation of humans and objects you know i love how xerophel uh, will he he politely asks the gentleman in the graveyard if he could borrow their cell phone <laughs> yeah and <then> he charges <laughs> it for him i use it for i only use it for was he? I use it Twitter for uh, a grinder. Twitter and, <laughs> and grinder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the other guy no had
0: clue. a tattoo on his forehead. I was just. <laughs> I couldn't decipher <laughs> it. Yeah. But the couldn't... fact is, is that they both, like at that point, were understanding and said, here's my phone. He's going to use it. And then he handed it back to him. And it was like,
1: oh, it's fixed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you worry for poor Xarephel, but he's so sweet and, and of course, angelic. <laughs> the guy obviously hands him his phone and he just talks to it and says, thanks, Cole. The phone in my bookshop Yeah, <laughs> it automatically rings through to the bookshop
0: It magic. It basically it's a done. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have did no like clue
1: them. how human technology works, but they, they do like to use it. Yeah,
0: yeah. They manipulate it for what they need at times. But honestly, if you look at the bookshop and you look at his love of vinyl and music like that, he's still trapped in a certain age.
2: Oh, yeah. But,
0: yeah. He's just, he's all into the classics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what else did I, oh, I, I saw that Jim apparently has his own mug. Adorable. (laughs) It says Jim's mug on it. So obviously they had to separate certain things. Uh, he's still in the bookshop. He, he was told to, uh, stay away. And he, I guess they told him that what uh, Wednesdays are
2: yeah, bookshop is closed on Wednesdays, yeah <laughs> yeah, so we didn't we didn't see much of him this this episode. We saw some of him once Muriel left the left the bookshop, but uh, yeah, we yeah. saw
0: we saw the statue of him in the the graveyard. Mm-hmm. that was one yeah. that, that true likeness of him. Uh, we saw the likeness of him that Azerfel must have drawn of him, which was perfect. It looked nice mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when he was talking to the pub owner. And uh, that's when, yeah, that that's another part that I did enjoy was seeing him go to the pub. Now, when he approaches the pub on one side of the sign, it's a man robed. It looks like something out of biblical. It makes you mm-hmm. think of Gabriel himself, but on the other side, it's a butcher.
2: Yeah. So I, I, was, I didn't notice it the first time. The second time through, I, I noticed I, that change and it
0: made me think of what the, the pub owner is the, uh, the bartender states, stating that, yes, he did come in and he was in this wonderful gray suit and they're Masons. And he knew that they were Masons from down the road or something, but there was somebody else. So it's making me think that Gabriel, the reason why that pub was chosen, it was like destined for Gabriel and his other person who, who knows who it it could be. It could be somebody from hell because Gabriel Mm -hmm. came from heaven. Right. And it was like a meeting place. And I don't know that it had it, it just like launched ideas in my head. I was like, there's something going on there, and there's something there's like a there's gotta be a clue to the ending episode that brings everything together for each <laughs> because uh the book of Job that we dealt with in episode two, Steve, obviously they got mm-hmm. that whole story wrong completely <laughs> yeah yeah we talked about that last the last episode but oh, yeah. it was amusing nonetheless it, it, it they had their own little go of it and put their little twist on it so but this one same thing we find out it was a year ago to that everything was happening with the jukebox and the buddy holly song coming in and i thought that was pretty cool because mm-hmm. uh, it, it kind of opened up and that's what these are the little things that Aziraphale finds out and he's all excited about and I'm a journalist <laughs> I forget what, it, what he mentioned he was exactly but it was basically a journalist Yeah,
1: <laughs> but, I'll step into the confessional here and just let you guys know that I have already seen the whole series but I'm not going to give I'm not okay. dropping any spoilers okay. <laughs> I'm not even okay. going to hint at that, the I, fact I've that been I know loyal
0: things i to it being like uh, episodically or even if mm-hmm. we're doing it doubling up, i mm-hmm. watched just those two episodes. Yeah, that was not going to work further. for
1: me and my watch partner, who's my yeah. young teenage daughter, who couldn't <laughs> wait to watch this. So gotcha. As soon as she, gotcha. we got the chance, we watched it together.
0: That's totally cool. understand. That's still cool. I, I, a friend of mine, my friend Teresa, actually watched it. As soon as it came on that day, she watched the whole thing through. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. "What are you going to watch now?" She goes, uh, "There's something else." <laughs> she goes, "I'll listen to you as you uh, cover it, and then uh, <laughs> I'll watch it again." I yeah. was like, yeah. "Okay," but I, I I know those people. I'm one of those people too. It's like if it's on Netflix, I got to breeze through the whole thing, but I'll forget majority of half of it. And then we do when we do the podcast, I'll watch it. But in this case, I wanted to watch it episodically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. Yeah, that that's all that I had within this. We pretty much have every little bit that that came in. Did you have something else there, Laura? I saw in the doc that uh, you wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Um. Yeah. Let me see here. Um. So, well, first I wanted to go a little bit into Elsbeth and Wee Morag. The one thing that what gave me a little bit of a chill in this episode was when the. Um, the cannon that was meant to protect the graves shot Wee Morig, and oh. then she dies. And immediately, Elsbeth's uh, decision is to sell her body to Doctor Dalrymple. And mm. I was like, "Oh, that's her!" Because <laughs> you know this show's so full of humor, you don't really think that that's going to be a thing. And then that was that got a little dark there. And and then she tried to kill herself, which Crowley stopped, which surprisingly, you know, you thought that would be a who tried to stop her. And all of a sudden Crowley does it by consuming the entire bottle of Lodgim and then just tripping out completely.
2: (laughs) That was a great scene. Him getting big and then getting small and don't step on me. And yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, if anything, if he was a true demon, he wouldn't he wouldn't have intervened because that would have directly sent her down to hell and mm-hmm. he knew that he like he was the one to stop her and say, yeah, nope, not a good thing. And he encourages Azura to give her money so that she can go uh buy a buy farm. A and he yeah, says, buy go a farm. A farm and be good. And he said, not pretendy good, <laughs> proper good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I liked I, I liked like the, that the sweet. the theme, the theme we're kind of getting of these, of this season. And I can't remember if it was this episode or or the next episode when they talk about the black and the white and uh Crowley says something about well, it's it's the dark gray, and uh Aziraphale says, No, it's a light gray, you know. So they're really they're really giving that they're mixing, they're kind of mixing the two of these guys because they both have been basically, you know, for lack of a better term, Aziraphale has almost fallen himself, but he hasn't been rejected by heaven but he's not part of heaven either. So he's kind of in between and Crowley's the same way. He's still kind of part of hell, but not totally. And so Mm -hmm. these, these two guys that have been together for so long, Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting to see that 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 juxtaposition is the only word that I can think of that of these two guys. uh, Like you said, Laura, uh, Aziraphale, you would think would just let her kill herself, but he doesn't. Aziraphale's lying about things and he's supposed to be the good one so it's yeah it's interesting
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. um it was just apparent in the last episode how lonely they were they've all both been isolated or exiled to earth because they're supposed to be the hellish and heavenly ambassadors on earth and as azaraphale tells crowley how hard that must be to um go oh just go so far with hell but Mm -hmm. not all the way where azaraphale is kind of learning to do the same thing he he goes as far as he can for heaven and then when he just his morals can't line up with what they dictate he Mm -hmm. he backs up or finds loopholes
2: (laughs) yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see how this this season plays out and how the rest of it goes i i i agree with you laura I, i like that we're getting more of character It's not as much plot-driven as it's character-driven this season.
0: Yeah, I think the first season was more driven to the whole whole story with them consumed with it, whereas this is more about them, which Mm -hmm. probably is what uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, idea of, because the characters are beloved from that. Everybody just loved the distinctness of each character and how they were. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, when I read this book back in the 90s, I loved the characters. So loved them even more when they were played by David Tennant and um, Michael Michael Sheen, because they just embody those characters completely.
0: Yeah. And it's a complete different uh, character for Tennant, if you think of him as the doctor or as Kilgrave in... And Jessica Jones. So, mm-hmm. uh, so in Doctor Who, he's a well, completely different character. And then, uh, Kilgrave is extremely evil if you think about it. He's, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and he, Michael Sheen has done so many characters. I mean, he was in Prodigal Son. He played the father in yes. Prodigal Son, the serial killer, and looks nothing like how he looks as a Aziraphale, they completely change his, his look and everything about him. And he just, he gets into a character that way. It's really, really great. And and Tim, it's the same, the same way, Mm -hmm. you know, he's getting into this character. And and, uh, like Mark, you and I, we've talked about before they did the, they did the whole first season. So they really have this kind of uh, chemistry with each other.
0: Yeah. And you can see it too on YouTube during the pandemic, they did a couple of things together, which were pretty
1: cool to watch. Yeah. Staged. My daughter and I are watching through that now. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: oh,
1: nice! <laughs> She's obsessed with these two. I'm telling you, <laughs> it, it's it's
0: uh, it's like the Laurel Hardy of today, I think. Kind of like, uh, but in a sense where they know how to play each uh, play off each other perfectly, no matter what characters they get too. So I'm curious to if they would actually do something later in the future, just on their own. I would love to see that.
1: Yeah. I think there's one main thing that we missed that we might want to discuss is um, at, almost at the end of the episode, we get Gabriel, Gabriel's kind of memory or prophecy. Yes. A,
0: it's like an end of He starts pushing him.
1: Yeah. And he, he starts to repeat some things. And I wrote down, he said, the dead will leave their graves and walk the earth once more. And yeah. that to yeah. me uh, sounds like some rapture going on mm-hmm. there.
0: Correct. The yeah. yeah,
1: yeah really
2: apocalyptic. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because that is yeah one of the things that is talked about in the, I don't know if it's Revelations or the Rapture, but yes, yeah, it's, it's the the rising up of the dead with the second mm-hmm. coming of Christ. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't I, won't, I don't want to get into the theology of it and all that because it's 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 so convoluted a lot of times. But uh, I like Laura. You had in your notes about Shaq's body sweeping because what we're gonna see we saw mm-hmm. in this episode is she confronts Crowley about is Gabriel in the bookshop and Crowley is trying to convince her. No, uh, <laughs> he's not in the bookshop, And she just keeps continually repeating to him. Yeah. He's in the bookshop. He's in the bookshop, but I realized, and I think it's actually the next, the next episode, episode four that where we, where they point this out. The yes. bookshop is apparently on the grounds of a church it was formerly a church. So it's like Holy ground. And, and she can't enter unless she's invited. Yeah. Um,
1: Correct. Is I don't the, remember if that I, I mean, they might've, I can't remember if they said that it was on a church, but I think it, it's, He said it's basically still like an embassy for heaven. So it's like a U.S. embassy in another country, but it's kind of like uh, still under heaven's protection.
0: Even though uh, heaven didn't know where it was exactly because (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe it's because he was an angel and he opened it up as his own being. Since he's an angel from heaven, he has jurisdiction over it. So they have to be invited in. Very much like a vampire into your own home. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the angels can can go in. It's just the demons that can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even still, they do ask for uh, an invitation. Look at uh, Muriel; she got asked to come in. Oh. She has to come in, yes, <laughs> as well. But the, it's still funny how, whether it be Shax or Muriel or anybody that looks at Gabriel, they don't see him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's only. Zerefel and Crowley that know that, <laughs> that that's Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and their still... minor miracle that they were supposed to create their very undetectable minor miracle apparently was uh, twenty five Lazarus strong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was great when Crowley brings that up in this in episode three where he says, "Oh, that's how you measure the strength of miracles: how many people it could bring back to life." You know, and <laughs> and I I still wonder. I'm still a little bit on the fence about whether it was their miracle or whether Gabriel did something to, you know, jack up the power of their mar- uh, their miracle, or just his mere presence of being in the shop when they did their miracle,
0: jacked up the power of it. Cause you, you would think, or maybe what it just, was, when, what was inside the box that we didn't know.
2: That mm-hmm. could be also, and we're still, we're still seeing this fly. that's flying around that. We don't know what that is, what, you know, what the, the fly
0: of it all is. So, Uh, That's going to be a Schrodinger's cat. Who knows? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, yeah. Um, Was there anything else that you guys
1: had? Well, that was in my notes, Steve, that the Shaq's switching bodies like that reminded Mm -hmm. me of fallen with Denzel Washington. If you've ever seen that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, He's trying to to defeat a demon and -hmm. the demon just keeps jumping from body to body.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That was pretty cool. Actually, I, I like that scene. And um, I just was going to say, because I am haven't been listening lately, but I've, I used to be a really avid listener of the Lore podcast, which always t- recounts uh, unusual and bizarre, sometimes surreal stories from history. And um, this story is actually based on these body snatchers in 1827 Scotland in mm-hmm. Edinburgh. Um, okay. And uh, if you go back... I think it's lore podcast 47. I looked it up today, but I didn't actually have time to listen to it. They talk; they discuss um, how the rise of modern medical <clears throat> surgeons and doctors and needing to explore human bodies actually led to this rash of body snatchers in that oh, time wow. period. And I think there's even more to the story, but yeah, I, I love how Neil Gaiman is always trying to weave in actual unusual usually events from history and from mythology and from um religion and stuff like that into his works if you've ever read any more of his works especially in the sandman they do that a lot yeah
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. as well as american gods too especially the the depiction Mm -hmm. and the structure of the those uh those particular religious deities that they had Mm -hmm. Listen, that that was a that was a show. The first season was done very well. The second one kind of fell off after a while with the writing. Yeah, it was not good. (laughs) No, (laughs) but. All right, so uh, we can move on to season four. Chapter four. Chapter four. The Hitchhiker featuring the minisode. Nazi zombie flesh eaters.
2: <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, good deed of picking up a hitchhiker on his way back to Soho proves to be a serious mistake. In 1941, Crowley and Xerophel encounter some surprising adversaries old and new as the Nazi spies who almost entrapped Xerophel return as zombies from the dead, intent on preventing him from attempting a bullet catch on the West End stage. Eh, it's a little misleading because really they weren't trying to stop his trick. they were just trying to prove that he and Crowley
0: were working together. That's literally what it was. They were trying to catch you know? them in the act of working together. And uh, that way they could bring it to Beelzebub and be like, ha we got them. And then they could mark, uh, knock off the punch card for the, 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 the zombies. The miracle blocker. Yeah. The <laughs> hell's
1: TMZ? <laughs>
0: yeah, literally. They were trying to
1: kill, catch them in the act.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually really like this one i i think it exists it had the zombie element but also had it was the minnesota is literally within that 1941 nazi germany and then they had that and then of course we get to see a nazi you know get eaten by a spider and <laughs> <laughs> defecated out and to a fly and then uh wash rinse repeat over and over <laughs> again meaning his eternity which Thankfully, that would be for a Nazi, a German Nazi uh, for that time. Uh, it, it was uh, a little bit weird to see it on that TV, though, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was an old tube TV, CRT, and it's kind of all granulated. So it kind of makes up for the the CG that they used, but it kind of worked in its process. But I, I just really enjoyed this. Uh, I just loved the minisode because of the time it was in. And I just. Uh, i i don't know maybe it's because i i was as i was watching it the 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 nazi germany part of it of like the bombs and everything especially at the whole introduction it's like well we'll find out if the bombs could kill us or whatever and then they were gone and they were dead Mm -hmm. but uh to see hell the way it was and the hell that it was to get into hell with all the paperwork that you have to go through, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just reminded me something way out of Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I it's like, yeah, t- yeah. And it, because if you remember when they they wind up being dead, Gina Davis and uh, oh, forgetting his name, <laughs> but Jeff, uh, Goldblum. Jeff, not Jeff Goldblum. No, oh, no, Alan you're Ball, right. Not, or Alex Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, one of the Baldwin. yeah, yeah. well, speaking of Be- Beetlejuice, we're supposed to get Beetlejuice, too, but who knows with this uh, writer's strike yeah. and and uh, we'll see. We'll after. see. But it, it was pretty cool. And then we plus we get to see a little bit more of Beelzebub and how she's involved with locating Gabriel while sending out checks. It's like her right hand person to send down to do the dirty work to get Gabriel back. And I thought yeah, that was, thought that was cool. an
2: interesting aspect of the storyline of Beelzebub kind of being in charge of whatever that section was, or, or several sections kind of being uh, not really like they always they also talk about taking his his body or taking Gabriel to Satan. So I wonder if we're going to see Satan this season or not, or if it's just going to be Beelzebub. I thought that was an interesting aspect of it the fact that, that Beelzebub is kind of like a. Um, wouldn't be the CEO, but would be the person just below the CEO. Maybe like if Satan is the CEO, then you have Beelzebub, who's the whatever regional
1: CFO. corporate I, manager. Sure, there you go,
2: <laughs> assistant to the regional corporate. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the guy with the eye patch. You know that we've seen him a, a few times uh, th- throughout the, a lot of these episodes. But uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting scene, showing us kind of getting a glimpse of what hell is like.
1: Yeah, I actually. Well, I thought this episode. I like the creepy beginning with Shax as the hitchhiker that gave me nice, like goosebump vibes. Uh, Got a little bit dull for me the first time in the middle, which is funny because it has zombies and demons. It should be interesting. But on second watch, I I got into the fun of the horror of it and everything and uh, enjoyed it a little bit more.
0: Well, the humor of it, of the zombies Um, is what really got me because I just like that. It's like that Shona, the dead goofiness mm -hmm. of everything. And, Especially when they're conscious zombies at that point and aware, uh-huh. even though they still have to eat the person that they see in uh, what was it? The a magic shop. There? The magic shop.
2: No. Oh, oh well, yeah.
0: The church also. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, they, the church in the beginning. So they got full full up on that, and then of course in the magic shop. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, and then the antics that they had. It's like, sir, all <laughs> the sleight of hand tricks are over back that way. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah i i really enjoyed it overall uh it, it kept me captivated motivated i don't know maybe with the bullet catch it just gave me that point of the prestige and just mm. like, oh, no i want to go back and watch that movie now yeah <laughs> with hugh jackman and christian bale mm-hmm. and uh that that was a big point in that movie too but in this case uh you you're waiting for something and what's this about paperwork about the mess that they could. So is this the first time that we're figuring out that if they get hurt or damaged in, in this, uh, on earth, it's permanent or something. Can they be killed in some way and then brought back to heaven or hell? Yeah. Or... I didn't,
2: I didn't understand that side, that, uh, that, that part of what they were talking about, the paperwork, they would have to do if one of them got hurt. I didn't,
1: cause we haven't seen that happen before really. They mentioned yeah, no. it in the first season. That they can be, their bodies can die, they can get discorporated, they'll just Mm. go back to heaven or hell, Mm. and then apparently there's a lot of paperwork that goes on with it before they have to go, before they can come back to Earth, and Uh, we saw in the first season when Azaraphale got into the Holy Circle, he got sucked up into heaven, and Mm. then he had to kind of find his way back down to Earth again, but Mm. he didn't have a body to return to, that's why he had to uh, possess Madame Tracy.
0: Okay, and Crowley was stuck in hell at one point in the bathtub, I recall, in the first season as well, and he had to find his way back. It wasn't Crowley. it wasn't? was his hell. Yeah, they
1: I remember they switched? Oh, that's that's they, right. They,
0: that's right. I forgot. It's been so long.
1: <laughs> they switched
0: bodies so they could they could
2: each endure the torture that they were going to get from uh, heaven and hell. Yeah, because
0: so. it was a switcheroo. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, the things that we have to go back to now makes you want mm-hmm. to go watch if you watch that season.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did like getting the return of the three Nazis from season one, though. So we did get. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had I had mentioned um, when I wrote to Derek at TV Podcast Industries that I kind of missed seeing some of the characters from the first season, and I was yeah. hoping we'd get maybe Anathema or um, mm-hmm. uh, M- Madame Tracy or someone again, but we got the the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out their fate after they get bombed, they go to hell and they're given the option to become zombie, zombie spies for hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was great. And then, and then at the end, when they, when they,
2: yeah, you know, finish their mission, but they don't, they don't actually uh, succeed. Uh, they're they're like, are you not going to turn us back to human? Oh, no, no, you're eternally going to be a zombie now <laughs> living on Earth. And so I wonder if they're going to come up later as zombies, uh, either in this season or possibly the next season uh they got away
1: so maybe uh, next yeah.
2: season. and he said that they would be that way forever you yeah. know
0: eternity literally mm-hmm. on earth walk to walk mm-hmm. the earth now the question <laughs> as is his, as is, his the...
1: left arm falls off.
0: Yeah. yeah he goes here hold us but <laughs> they i'm curious though if they bite somebody if it, it's uh, something that becomes infectious or it's just something that's just mystified zombieism for that they have to roam around like that forever and that's their hell. Mm-hmm. That's the, basically their living hell if you think about mm-hmm. it, but at least they're not going down there with the spider and having to deal with that anymore, no.
1: which is a worse fate. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> think about that.
0: Well, they get the num nums for the brains too. So they get a little, you know, sweet taste of that at least.
1: So these are return of the living dead zombies. They have to go for the brains. Yeah. <laughs> they don't just eat anything, any old human. They got, they got to go for brains so that they yeah. can, yeah, get the residual thoughts. But they're not going to eat zombie. your eyes. But they're not going to eat your they're not what? They're not going to eat your eyes. Isn't that how the song yeah. goes.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he continues the song that the the, uh, was the was it the groundskeeper that they ate was singing. At yeah, and he
0: just continues the song because mm-hmm. it's stuck in the brain and that he ate. <laughs> yeah. I
1: thought that was pretty cool. Is that there's coming up again?
0: Yep. Oh, another verse. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do agree with you, though, with uh, Shaxx in the very beginning. Uh, it's like she she just basically pestered Aziraphale the whole time <laughs> to get the information. I know where he is now. And of <laughs> course, you know, later on, we see her. She gets there. She can't get in. But he goes, you're more than welcome to look around. Mm-hmm. And you won't and find G- anything.
2: <laughs> and Gabriel's in the background.
1: Hello, customer. You know, and, and she can't see it.
0: <laughs> yep, she doesn't recognize him. Um,
1: <laughs> they, they did their their miracle exceptionally well.
0: Yeah, yep. yeah. It's gonna go too well at the very end, where it's like we have to show him to this person. <laughs> well, we then they gotta do another miracle. Oh, it's more paperwork.
1: And I like what a bad liar Azaraphale is, because she she mentions Gabriel, and she's, she's like, Gabriel, who? Oh, I don't know, Gabriel. That's that's like someone who works at Apple who's like, Steve Jobs, who? I, I don't know this person. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Jobs, who? Oh.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, this is part of the mini-sode. Uh, I do like the fact that Crowley was actually willing to deliver. What's the name of, this, uh, of the show that they were doing at uh, the theater? Was it the, the Ladies <laughs> of, of Lancelot? Camelot. 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 Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he's there to deliver the liquor, but of course the liquor gets... The eighty bottles of uh whiskey gets broken because he was parked next to the church that got bombed, mm-hmm. and then that's where they get into this whole thing where uh, because the magician was arrested by the Nazis. Uh, I forget what it was for. Consp- uh... Deserter. Oh, he was a deserter. Yeah, he was a deserter.
1: Right. right. Yeah, I
0: thought it. I thought it was some sort of, um, you know, working with the other people, but. And then uh, he offers up his magics. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was pretty cool. The fact that he goes, I could help. uh, I could help with the thrifty digitation. he's (laughs) there farting out with his hands.
1: I love how Michael Sheen has, he says, I have skills in prestidigitation. Mm -hmm. He says it was such flourish.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Flamboyancy of it. And now it's like he's there. You you know, he's a showman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, the fact that they actually have to go to the magic shop. And of course, Crowley is actually trying to be helpful and saying, Mm -hmm. You're a great magician. (laughs) You can Mm -hmm. do this. And it's like, Wow, this is something positive from Crowley at this point. Mm -hmm. It's not negative. He's actually trying to help and support him.
2: And he's um... (laughs) like,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's like you're going to be a professional. You're going to be a professional musician. They're going to pay you to be a musician. You know, so it's means you're a professional. Yeah. I and then I when the guy, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And then they get yeah. to the magic shop, and of course, <laughs> the magic shop owner calls him an amateur. <laughs> what? I'm not an amateur. <laughs> I'm working the West End <laughs> mm-hmm. of London <laughs> for a major show, <laughs> and then. Uh, then he shows them the rope trick, how long it'd be, and they're like, Oh, okay. He tries to do the sleight of hand with the with, with the, money. the rings, yeah, and the money and yeah, and, all yeah the- it's that point. But they're being looked at and monitored by the zombie, Nazi zombies, because they're trying to get that because Mr. Harmony tells them that he has they have to get that evidence. So the ring that they have to use to call him once they can get that moment captured. And obviously get their notches clicked on their uh, subway (laughs) card. I mean, their magic (laughs) card subway sandwich card. If you think about it, that's what I was
1: thinking. And the miracle blocker. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Which actually did happen in the scene. But within the magic shop, they uh, I love how it's like he uh, the owner tells him the in the back for the hand uh, magics. Uh, the zombie, and he's like, and he's got the glasses on at that point, still trying, but he tries to do the ring at the right moment, and it's wrong because he's got something else on there. Or does he? Does I forget? Did he hurt his finger and it squirted, or was there something else that he put on his finger that squirted?
1: He picked up a gag ring that looked just like the ring that. F- f- okay, f- that's what I thought it was. <laughs> and it squirted ink
0: in his face. So and then they couldn't make it at that time. So, yeah, (laughs) I thought it was funny (laughs) and then they were able to do it. But they uh, then there was that whole business about the, uh, the catching the bullet.
2: Yeah, I love how at the beginning you know, they're on stage there, and, and uh Aziraphale asks if anyone in the audience knows how to uh how to fire a weapon or or use the, and use the rifle, army, and like like it's all army guys, and everybody's hands go up except for Crowley, like he's the only one who's just there, like he's not paying attention at all, and so finally when Aziraphale points him out, Crowley goes, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah I could do it."
0: So like, <laughs> sir, dude. sir, you, and everybody's like, "Okay, not me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
1: the fact setup. that Aziraphale has a. a a, a gun license and a, and a Derringer in his shop and it, Curly it, doesn't even know how to shoot a gun. Yeah, it's perfectly thought, ironic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, he goes, Oh, you must've shot lots of times because you're a demon. and <laughs> You must know we're way around guns. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but of course, you know, a has it in a book hollowed out in, <laughs> I forget what book he told. He mentioned it. And then uh, he said, just in case which is funny yeah yeah especially when you think of london
2: and all the the rules and laws they have there so but
1: and also he's an angel (laughs) he He can work
0: miracles (laughs) yeah he could change people's minds if he wanted to with a miracle
2: Yeah, I love how he had to throw out his whole entire act because of the miracle blocker. You know, he's trying to change the turnip into a uh, an inkwell, and it's not yeah. happening. And he's like, "Okay, let's skip right to the end to the bullet catch." To, and it actually ends up working. You know, as Crowley um, misses him, um, the bullet goes into the wall right above the uh, the promoter there, and uh, then Michael Sheen smiles. and He's got the bullet in his in his teeth, and everybody cheers. And uh, so it was really it was really cool to see, like you said, Laura. That's very very endearing to see them kind of working together. And stuff. But then, of course, Shax takes that picture with the Polaroid and threatens them with it, which that was a little strange to me. Why would you give your evidence to the people that you're black, <laughs> like that you're yeah. trying to get Mr. You know, Harmony cause... is
0: not bright at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, considering, look, look at how his day started. You know, he went to go get a cup of flame and it just burnt up his cup. And yeah. then, you know, Shax at that point just grabs it and just drinks it with no problem so he, he was having a bad day as it was he wanted to be moved up he wanted to be you know do something better with his job so he thought this was his you know his way of like moving up the ranks
1: mm-hmm. but, and i like but of that course... they bring back uh Aziraphale's, um penchant for wanting to be a magician because that was in the first season too mm-hmm. he, yep. he tells uh crowley that he can do a magic trick at the kid's birthday party and it it turns out Terribly, just like in this one. And when Curly tells him, maybe we should, maybe you should give up on the magic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just hilarious that Aziraphale loves these little things. I mean, he can perform like spectacular miracles, but he wants to learn practical magic. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, he wants to be more human. And I mm-hmm. think that's between both of them, how they feel, whether a demon wants to be a little bit more human and be involved with that and staying on Earth. Mm-hmm. I think that's why Crowley wants to stay because he just likes the idea. He likes the madness of it, of how humans can be, whereas Aziraphale is more attracted to the people and how they can be with love and mm-hmm. interest. And and then Crowley has that kind of same interest as well, to some degree. And that's what attracts them to be together on, on the Earth. But yeah, they. This was uh, yeah, this was a fun one. Uh, I just like the whole conversation though within the uh, within the dressing room when the zombie uh, Mr. Harmony brings in the zombies at that point, and and Crowley does not recognize Mr. Harmony. Mr. Harmony goes, <laughs> "I was with you during the wars. I was the monkey on your backside. I was there helping you right along with you. You should know my name." Yeah, not, yeah. Nope, not a clue. We fought side by side. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that was... Not a clue. Sorry. <laughs> you weren't there. Yes, <laughs> you know, and that's th-
2: There's a moment there, I didn't notice it in the first watch, but in, the, in, well, actually, this was my first watch of, of uh, episode four, but you know, that moment when, um, even though Crowley, even though they don't succeed in proving that Crowley and Aziraphale were working together, he still gets sucked Sucked down into hell, and that's when we get that throw, it almost seemed like a throwaway line from Aziraphale. That, and I didn't see Crowley for a long time after that. And so we now we're going to have to have some sort of a time jump of when's the next time they're going to see each other? Because in ne- 1941, he got sucked into hell.
1: Hmm. Uh, actually in Edinburgh. Be, is it okay after in he Edinburgh. had his laudanum and he did his good deed, even though he said that's, he was okay mad on mad on laudanum that made him okay
2: do that. okay now i'm confused So maybe 1941 episodes.
1: was the next, the next time,
2: he time. Him again yeah. yeah almost 100 years later so okay that's that now that makes sense thank you i was uh-huh. a little confused i'm getting the two episodes mixed up in my head now
0: <laughs> which actually tells us exactly what happens with laudanum to them at that point i wonder what it, it does that to carly but what would it do to xerophel i'm curious what that mm-hmm. would happen what would happen to him because you got a demon that would do that to a demon, but will be a different effect onto uh Xerophil. Yeah.
1: Okay. Anything yeah. else? I just oh. love the depictions of heaven and hell as basically two very different workplaces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hell is like the worst factory style office you could ever see it. it's got bad lighting it's got cramped quarters no windows it's um just dirty, dirty it's dirty yeah, disgusting it's, and yeah. hell, heaven is almost the opposite but just as bad it's it's yeah. completely uh generic and sanitized and you know not a single uh extra or personalized thing uh, nothing to give it any warmth at all yeah it's right. like
0: not a spot of dirt anywhere mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it's just so yeah like you said it was too sanitary and mm-hmm. on top of that it's too bright <laughs> whereas yes. with, was with, yeah whereas with hell it was a little bit different but you also have that recording that introduces everybody to where they are and it's constantly mm-hmm. going so Think of working in that condition as a demon. As you're doing paperwork, you got to hear this over again Mm -hmm. and again and again.
1: And we find out that hell is just red tape, petty bureaucracies, and (laughs) and lots of paperwork.
0: Yep. But uh, the the one note that I had that I thought was very funny is uh, when they uh, were trying to practice the the bullet catch, and they were trying to go over and how they were going to do everything, uh, Crowley's American accent <laughs> to to a <Aziraphale. laughs> it, like, it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's like the the typical British uh, humor of how how do you, how how the English th- think of Americans <laughs> when mm-hmm. they speak. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was it for me. If you that's, have anything else, that's all I got.
1: The only thing I looked up, and you guys can debate me if this is right or wrong, and uh, I had thought about this a while back, but if we were to give Azaraphale and Crowley their D&D alignments, I believe that Azaraphale would be lawful good, and Crowley would be chaotic neutral. At first I thought chaotic evil, but then I looked up the uh, definitions, and lawful good is a lawful good character typically typically acts with compassion and always with honor and a sense of duty however Hmm. lawful good characters will often regret taking any action they fear would violate their code even if they recognize such action as being good whereas chaotic neutral is a chaotic neutral character is an individualist who follows their own heart and generally shirks rules and traditions Although chaotic neutral characters promote the ideals of freedom, it is their own freedom that comes first. Good and evil come second to their need to be free. Which sounds a lot like Crowley to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. He does it for his own self-intentions and his curiosity, I think. And I, I felt
1: who is was not chaotic evil because it said that chaotic evil characters are they care more about their freedom than even the lives or well-being of anyone else yeah it's it, yeah. yeah it's not it's definitely it's not
2: chaotic good uh i don't remember the definition of chaotic good uh i know in my in my 20s when i played a little bit of dnd i think i often lean toward a chaotic neutral character just as it meant you could basically do your own thing you could do basically whatever you wanted you weren't you weren't held into a strict guideline of well you have to act like this mm-hmm. you know and, and uh, um so that's that's where i think that's where i my, a lot of my characters fell was in that chaotic neutral kind of hmm. but
1: just thought it would be interesting to uh figure this out since they're both trying to pull and push each other a little bit mm-hmm. towards the center again you know because they they Uh, Crowley tries to pull the good out of, I mean, Azaraphale tries to pull the good out of Crowley, while Mm -hmm. Crowley tries to get him to uh, shirk the rules sometimes when he sees that it's not going to line up with his morality, or Azaraphale's morality. Mm -hmm. That's all I had. Yeah.
0: That was pretty cool. I like that. I I love your little uh, <laughs> analysis with D&D references. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody out there has the same thought, too. But if you guys do, always write in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't have any more quotes. Basically, I just had that. Yeah. That one. And that was it.
1: The only one I had was the, the demon who was uh, talking to Beelzebub. <laughs> And I thought he had a great quote that said, A day that I don't get sent to the dung pits is a good day. <laughs> like words to live by.
0: That is words yeah. to live by.
1: <laughs> I, and I'm
2: intrigued. I'm intrigued with Mr. Uh was it Shax or Mr. Harm? I guess it was Shax who approached Beelzebub about wanting to attack the bookshop. Yes. And uh and uh she says, you know, she says, Well, are you are you uh telling me to do that do you want me to do that and beelzebub is like no i'm ordering you to do it and and take all these all the forces of hell against the bookshop so it's going to be interesting to see um that play out over the next couple episodes because of course gabriel being the supreme um archangel Mm-hmm. You know how is that gonna how is how is that fight gonna go? Um, mm-hmm. Be interesting to see what uh, what happens there. I'm I'm intrigued by that. Like I'm uh, I want to see how that's gonna get depicted on screen. I think it's gonna be interesting. Same. Here. And of course we need the we need the uh the finish our storyline with the two women and with Muriel doing her investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we didn't talk about that in episode three when she goes into the coffee shop and is talking to the um, the black woman, the African American woman, Ina. uh Ina, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, mm-hmm. About love and what her, well, you know what kind of things she she thinks about about love and so like, get out of my shop,
1: you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she stopped um, that pretty quickly, especially because mm-hmm. the woman who came in for coffee earlier said, "Oh, so someone's got a particular type of kink." <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Well, that that was it for me. So I I think uh, I'm done. Uh, what about you guys? That's all I got. That's all you got. All right, well, I'm re- I'm ready for these next next couple episodes and see
2: where they take us. Cool. Uh,
0: all right. Well, that was our coverage of uh, Good Omens season two, episodes three and four. So uh, we're going to move right along into uh, podcast recommendations. Uh, you
2: know the 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 two that I have, and we've we've talked about them before. The Podcastica. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast has one called the star Wars cast where they're covering Ahsoka on mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's really good. Jonathan James and Kristen are doing that one. And then of course the revisited podcast with Ben and Kristen, they are finishing up lost. Uh, they're going to actually the final, the series finale is going to be recorded this week. And then, uh, in a couple of weeks, they, uh, may do a short one over a kind of a deleted scene from lost, uh, they're going to do a short one over that, and then they'll move into Ted Lasso with the, the Revisited podcast. So it's going to be interesting to to watch Ted Lasso again, because I just recently watched it, uh, watched the first two seasons. And, of course, I only watched the third season
0: once. So Yeah, it's weird. I only watched the, the first season, I, I think, twice when it, during the time when it came out. Or no, no, it was like, actually, it was almost by season two. We mm-hmm. were in Hershey at that time, and I think that's when uh, season two came out. And then uh, I watched it then, and then I watched it, I would say, about six months ago. So it's mm-hmm. been a little bit, so I could always go back and revisit and watch it as they, I listen to them and their coverage. So, yeah. And then, yeah, you said it, with uh, James and Jonathan and Kristen on the uh, Star Wars cast on podcast, are doing Ahsoka. That's good, too. And they should be coming out with, uh, what is it, episode four?
2: Uh, Yeah, episode four is going to be tomorrow. Um, We're recording this on Tuesday, so episode four will drop tomorrow. I don't know when they'll record it. They record usually Thursday or Friday.
0: That would be cool. And then to add to that uh, for podcast, I uh, I would say Run For Your Lives with our coverage. They're actually covering Deep Impact this week. So they're, they're asking, oh, by the time you guys get this, it'll probably be towards the end of the week and it would already be dropped, but you can always go listen to it. And uh, I'll try to leave feedback for that too, because I really did enjoy Deep Impact in comparison to Armageddon. Uh, both are very similar because they came around the same time that year. But mm-hmm. uh, I always uh, I always was drawn more towards Deep Impact for some reason. I don't know, maybe it's because of the more how more dramatic it was in comparison to Armageddon, where you had all the humor inside and the heavy action, because it was I think it was a Bruckheimer film, that one. But with Deep Impact, it was a little bit more dramatic because he had Taylor and she wasn't playing your typical comedic style. She was playing more of a more serious, dramatic character. And then we had Morgan Freeman, who was probably one of the best presidents on screen. (laughs) so uh, i'm looking forward to that and then uh obviously uh just to promote what i was doing recently i was just recently on fantasy picks movie edition and we did our top five movie posters that are out there too so you could check out what we thought you know it was like a kind of like a fantasy pick kind of movie poster poll uh, unfortunately, there was issues with uh, recording the first time, so we had to record it again. Uh, that's what happens when computers crash in the middle of recording. But uh, yeah, you can check that out too. So obviously, yeah, like I said, Run For Your Lives on Podcast Go with uh, Deep I- Impact and then uh, Fantasy Picks Movie Edition uh, with our top five movie posters of all time on uh, Pyrocar Entertainment. Right, hey. Lara?
1: I don't know. I haven't been able to watch a lot lately, but I have been slowly going back through, is it season four of Black Mirror with um, Hake and Rima over at Strange Indeed covering it? That's been a really great season. So I am down to the last episode and I've enjoyed all the ones that I've watched this season. I'm going to watch the last one and then... Who knows, by the time I'm done with that, I might try and go back and finish watching Mike Flanagan's Midnight Club. Midnight, Nass- oh, Midnight, Club, no, yeah, Midnight, Midnight Club, Club, yeah. I Midnight only got halfway yeah. through that. I didn't get to finish it the first time. And uh, Mike Flanagan's coming out with a new series, limited series on Netflix, his last one, um, Fall of the House of Usher, which I'm super stoked for. So I think I want to finish up Midnight Club before that one starts in October. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's a, the, the full House of Usher. That's going to be a more of a modern take on an Edgar Allan Poe story, I believe. Okay. And it's modern in the sense that I grew up with the whole Vincent Price version <laughs> way back when. So this is going to be a little bit hard to consume at times because I, I just I look at that as kind of the old hammer and uh, even universal monster days. Like I just look at them as classics, yeah. And like, how dare you <laughs> cover, <laughs> you know, remake this? But uh, I'll I'll take it with a grain of salt and just watch it and see if I do like it and keep an open mind. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and when uh, I'm pretty sure that Reman Paker, they they're, they're going to be doing that one as well, from my mm-hmm. understanding. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Uh, for a little bit of news out there for you listeners uh, who are into Neil Gaiman. So if you go to shopgaiman forplaycom you could actually purchase his. They, they, a lot of people saying it's his debut album. I'm thinking that he did another one. <laughs> it just says new album. But it's called Signs of Life. And uh, it's with the 4Play String Quartet. And uh, they have colored vinyl editions. They have the CDs as well. And you could secure it on that. I will leave the link below in the the show notes. So that way, if you guys are interested in purchasing it. So uh, aside from the WGA strikes and the uh, actors uh, guild, the SAG AFRA strikes that are going on, Mr. Gaiman is hard at work making music, too. As well, and uh, he's also a teacher. So there are a few presentations going on at Bard College. I have not looked when he is scheduled, but you could always go there. You could always go to the Bard College website because that uh, he is a professor there. And he does. Um, they do sell tickets for those events that he does. Uh, a lot of them are writing classes or lectures, or sometimes we'll have, uh, you know, guest on to interview. Uh, who are the writers or people of in film industry, but at this point, probably not people in film industry. It's probably going to be more writers. But uh, right now we're at the point of, well, sending in your feedback. Unfortunately, I didn't put anything in. It was kind of last minute. We just threw this together. So I didn't put an image up. Sorry about that. But, On the weekend, before we actually do this next week, I I will be putting in an image. So that way, if you guys feel the need and you want to say and get your voice heard or write something down, you you can. So uh, before we get into the actual getting us the feedback, the best thing you could do is tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best thing. And you could tell them where we could be heard, which would be Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player of choice. And if you're there or your friend is there, please give us a rating or review. Apple Podcast is the preferred method of rating, uh, apparently. So uh, a lot of people do judge their podcast listening on those. Uh, we've had a few. I think we have a total of six or seven for Panels to Pixels. I have a total of five on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. So it's a, it's a great thing. So if you guys could you know, do that, it would be greatly appreciated. And if you could actually write notes because they stand out more. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, just be honest. That's, that's, I, I always, I'm always honest with mine and I will send it out. You know, I don't mind criticism, it's fine. Uh, you could find us on Facebook and that's usually where you could send your feedback. I Like I said, I would put an image up there saying what we're covering on the next episode and you just leave your comments down below that image. All you have to do is go to facebook.com forward. Slash panels to pixels, and we have an email panels to pixels one at gmail.com. Panels spelled out two spelled out to and pixels in the number one at gmail. Uh, you could just write out a regular texted email and your thoughts, and we'll read them on the podcast when we're there. It doesn't necessarily have to be for the particular episode that we're covering, it could be a previous one, so that you know, y- you, if you feel like what I did on Howard the Duck with Dez. Uh, and had fun with that you could say or how bad the movie was i don't you know i don't mind go ahead uh everybody has opinions and i allow them here but uh yeah you could easily just write it out and we'll we'll read it on the podcast or if you feel like you don't want us to read your feedback from an email you can easily record yourself with the devices that you have out there iPads, computers, everything has a built in microphone, just record yourself, save it as a WAV file or whatever, and then send it as an attachment and we'll play it on the podcast. And that way you can be part of the podcast. Uh, And then we'll punch that in and we'll actually give comments too or laugh because every time Steve does and he does a live (laughs) Steve, we have fun because you got to laugh at it. Yeah, (laughs) you got to laugh. Well, it's fun to listen to it. It's like it's like you getting your express uh, expression as you're first watching. So it's like it's a laugh of like happiness of like, wow, he's really into it, or wow, he didn't like that part, or <laughs> you got the mic drop. Yeah, uh, you could get a you could listen to us or watch us on YouTube. So you can find us on YouTube. All you have to do is search "Panels to Pixels Podcast." subscribe ring the bell please give us a thumbs up while you're there Uh, a lot of people use that as a platform we did get feedback unfortunately i did not pick it so i will be picking it and i'll be putting it in the notes for next week i was kind of busy with work i've been doing at least 12 hour days depending on (laughs) the day that it is so it's like 10 plus or 12 plus so uh You'll get that in next week. Uh, We could be found on Instagram. So I do been doing promotion on that. So at panels to pixels podcast. So just check it out there. I'll throw the image. I actually been promoting the episodes on that as well. And people have been liking it. And I've noticed a lot of new listeners, not just from people following us on Instagram or Facebook, because, I see it, everybody. <laughs> and I I thank you, too. It's awesome that we're, we're getting this attention. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I've been <laughs> pretty much paying attention to a lot of this stuff lately now. It's fun. Good. But, uh, yeah, you could uh, follow us at uh, Panels to Pixels Podcast on Instagram. And then uh, you you'll be apprised of what we're going to be covering and what is out already. So, uh, but now we're at the point of where else can listeners hear us?
2: Well, as Mark mentioned, I uh, do send in voicemails to various podcasts that our friends do. And uh, sometimes I'll do a live Steve uh, where I'm just basically recording my thoughts as I go uh, through an episode of TV or a movie, depending on what the uh, uh, the thing is and uh, people seem to enjoy it. So I'm going to keep doing it as long as people keep enjoying it. So, <laughs>
1: Keep doing it, Steve. Ah, thank um, you. I can be heard here intermittently <laughs> on and off on uh, this one with uh, someone named Steve covering <laughs> The Witcher sometimes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> eventually.
1: And uh, also on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast, where we recently did an um, interview with the Vampire AMC's show um, recently with Danny. Mm-hmm. That was a fun show. Um, we just covered the entire first season, which was really fun. So yeah, yeah I'll pop in every now and then. And we'll be
0: back to on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast to cover the actual what year was Interview with the Vampire? Mm. Uh, 1990. Like 90's, yeah. 90's. yeah. So we'll be covering the original movie before season two of Interview with the Vampire. The comes Brad
1: Pitt out. And Tom Cruise movie.
0: That uh-huh.
1: is. And so Christian we'll Slater, right? Too much sexy. Yeah. yeah. And the Banderas. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. But uh, we'll have some interesting and unknown facts for that particular movie. We'll be covering it. Uh, we'll discuss how it holds up today. Uh, we'll probably give uh, some mentions to the sequel that came out after that, which was Queen of the Damned, I believe. And uh, we might eventually cover that. Because <laughs> that's another Lestat, yeah. Uh, movie.
1: I'll suffer my way through it.
0: <laughs> I found it amusing, but and it's
1: nice to hear that the AMC has made separate contracts with both Walking Dead and the Interview with the Vampire series. So those um, those two franchises are are back on track.
0: They're back on track. There were amendments that were made through SAG-AFTRA. And and they were written before the WGA strikes. So since they already had them in the can, just like with Kevin Smith, who I follow as well and and have met a bunch of times and interviewed here on this particular podcast, Kevin is filming his new feature, the 430 film. So he was able to get an amendment. So AMC was still able to do that with Walking Dead related content as well as with Interview with Vampire. So they're starting to make certain sort of amendments because they know if they fall back on this stuff a lot of the content will be out there so uh you know the strike should still keep going they should come to some sort of uh compromise on both ends Uh, and i do agree with the the writers guild and i do agree with the actors they all should be paid in some way uh that's just my thought but you know it's the higher-ups in in the uh the film industry and and tv industry at this point and hopefully they'll come to an agreement and then we'll be back on track and we'll have more content for you. So uh, with that, that was our episode of Pounds to Pixels on Good Omen season two, episodes three and four. Look forward to uh, season two, episodes four, well, five and six. So uh, we'll be doing that next week. So check that out and check uh, the media that we mentioned. So that way you can be up to date. So I am Mark. I'm Steve. And I'm Laura. Same podcast, different panel, different pixel. And this is Panels to Pixels podcast. We will see you on the next panel. Good night, night, everybody. Good night.